0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to the Hospitality Digital Marketing Podcast, presented by HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, and its Digital Marketing Council. And now, your host, Lauren Gray.
0: And hello, everyone. Welcome to Hospitality Digital Marketing, the podcast. I am your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 114. We're airing Friday, July 29th, 2016, where every week we spend about 20 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in digital marketing for the hospitality industry. So let's get started. This week's tool uh, in discussion was Google's new AdWord changes, and what exactly that means to you. So if you haven't been keeping up with the most recent news when it comes to uh, what Google is doing, uh, what we have is uh, they finally, they rolled out some stuff in IO 2016 uh, a few weeks back uh, that was talking about what they're going to be doing to change the AdWords uh, landscape. And some of that was expanded text where before you had limitations as to the number of characters you could have for your header and your second line. And being mobile-centric that Google is, um, they said that we're going to be able to expand more text in those ad lines uh, because on mobile you're looking for more specific information and the limitation was making it prohibitive. So the new Google extended, uh, expanded text ads are now live in the AdWords campaign controller so you can, in your mobile selection, actually have larger headers and secondary lines. Um, keep in mind, though, that uh, the, the expansive uh, second line can word wrap so uh, you're going to have to be sensitive to how it visually looks uh, when the ad is served, so make sure that when you're working on your ad campaigns that you pay a little attention to that. There's also um, the fact that there is uh, the ability to do separate device bidding. Now that's, in my mind, a a two-edged sword because uh, by being restrictive or specific on the actual devices that you have choices to choose from, uh, you are really beginning to tailor down specific demographic profiling that can be beneficial or exclusive to people just because you may have made a poor choice. So using that uh, ability of separate device bidding um, is beneficial depending upon how you interpret the ad campaigns to run. What do I mean by all of this? If you're doing ad specifics to mobile, which of course is a a very fertile ground to be in, um, there is the proximity, as as Google likes to say, the Google uh, uh, micro moments, where being in proximity to you, the message or the ad that you would like to have serviced up for people uh, would be more in tune with their relative uh, proximity to you, uh, right around the corner, or you know that they they can take advantage of a lunch special if you have an ad campaign that run, it runs in the morning until 11 o'clock and you have a radiant of only a, 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 a mile away from your, your business, then that is a very mobile-specific, device-specific proximity-based ad service choice. However, you also have a lot of office space in your market, and it may be that um, somebody looks at their laptop for a choice on something, and that ad would not have been shown in front of them, even though the same other criteria of proximity and interest uh, remain. So you might be careful that as you slice your ad campaign choices down, you tailor the devices to the message in addition to the other filters of proximity and timing and interest and and product offer Uh, so just be mindful of those and the third of course is that they're responsive display ads for native inventory change what does that mean is uh, the ads are tailorable to the context of what they're being serviced for uh, where you can place your character headlines over them and they can be serviced up with the uh, responsiveness to what the criteria filters you had created in your ad campaigns are. Now, if all this sounds like uh, mumbo-jumbo, or wow, I didn't even know this stuff was there, or... uh I'm glad I have an agency doing it. That's all well and good. Uh, of course, you can find out more information on our website, hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. Uh, I will be announcing a webinar coming up, uh, talking a little bit more about the, the nuances of paid strategy when it comes to these new usabilities. Uh, so I will make that announcement and when it comes up that we're going to schedule it. I'll throw it into the podcast so you can make a, a scheduling attempt for that and just sign up for it. It'll be free. It'll be just helpful. Uh, if anything more for product awareness, it won't be used for hardcore programmers or, or ad specialists because they should already know this. This is for your information as a GM or as a market leader for your organization uh, to be aware to ask the right questions of your agency if you're using one or your brand if you're using their marketing services or however you're transcribing it uh, for everyday um, marketing. So. That is the tool function that we wanted to discuss today. Uh, a little bit about the news functions. Now, as you know from our previous podcast, we try to tailor our news recaps, by also recapping our live video show we do each week uh, on the same days, as Fridays, uh, that we do a little earlier in the day, which we get to have uh, much smarter people than me <laughs> on the show, uh, in which we bring up topics in news, not so much to announce them, but to talk about their impact, their potential impact to your business or whether it's something you should even worry about as an impact to your business. Um, two of the topics that we had thrown out was this somewhat apparent confusion Fortune magazine recently sent out an article uh, saying that there was a decline in OTA percentage of market, that the usages of OTAs were now being stepped backwards and that uh, travel agents and so forth were stepping in. Ironically, by the time of the broadcast, that article had been rescinded. You can't find it anywhere uh, because what we were going to point out is that Focusrite, uh, as anybody is aware, is a wonderful organization that does incredible in-depth research. But they also charge to get these reports, and they're not inexpensive. They're pretty darn um, well. They're they're not cheap. Um, and they did a study which really just said literally the opposite. Now, in order to validate the prices that they charge for these reports, it has to be pretty thorough vetting and a whole lot of deep research to validate the the reason why you're going to spend that kind of money to get this report. It, it would seem kind of ironic that a article in Fortune Magazine would almost be exactly contra to the depth and data that was used for the focus right study that pretty much said just the opposite. So either Fortune Magazine realized that they went down the wrong beaten path or interpreted the data in a way that came off differently than what they intended and they rescinded the article, who knows. But uh, OTAs are not on the decline, as we all agreed. Uh, that they are in a progressive growth and they are a viable component. And then we went and uh, that my, well, the recap is that we, we had, um, I had three co-hosts with me today. Uh, the, 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 the usual group of suspects, Edward St. Onge of Flip2. Uh, his Twitter handle is at Edward St. Uh, which is S-T-O-N-G-E, Edward. Um, then we had Tim Peter of Tim Peter and Associates, his Twitter handle at TCPeter. And Robert Cole of Rocksheeta finally joined us. He got settled into the Dallas market after moving from up north, and his Twitter handle is at Robert K. Cole. So we talked about uh, OTAs, and one of the more interesting aspects of this is that uh, everybody wants to vilify. There always has to be an us-them in some of these relationships, and nothing taken away from that OTAs have not in their way since the beginning uh, interjected themselves between us and our guests wanting to use our product. But they also reach guests that we couldn't reach because we just don't have the marketing funds to get in front of these people. We can't market at the depth and breadth of the billions that they spend to promote their value proposition in the travel vertical and get our product in front of some people that may have been uh, unaware of the product. They give us a vehicle to do that. So vilifying their complete, uh, uh, complete usage is, is, is really being slightly... Uh, uh, obtuse to the idea that uh, OTAs have a market use and it's about negotiating your relationship with the OTAs uh, and what you're using them for. And Edward brought that to a, a really good discussion point within the, uh, the the live show as to negotiating, discussing uh, what the relationship is for the OTAs, giving the commitment to them that they need so that they're willing to offer up better opportunities on their platform to you, but then also fulfilling that relationship by controlling how and when you use them, so that we don't just hand them inventory and they sell it at free will, and it's contra to our selling of our own inventory. So an interesting discussion on the live show today, a lot about that. Um, we did bring up the fact that uh, just last week we were talking about Omni as a hotel organization having been uh, hacked data-wise, and here again this week, new news, another hotel company called Kimpton was uh, hacked also for data. um so the question came up in our in our in our live show is, is this a soft spot? Uh, we just all attended High Tech, the Hospitality Industry Technology Conference out in New Orleans, and there's a lot of great new technology. But all this new technology has a slow adoption rate because it's expensive. Uh, whether it was near field communication key locks to doors or what have you, it takes money to put the hardware in, and, and no exception to that is the software that handles the accounting for hotels. When you're, uh, if anybody's been in the position of distributing new platforms or new technologies within the infrastructure of a soft brand or a major brand or just an ownership group. The logistics are just like herding cats or putting frogs into a basket. Uh, There's things that pop up that you wouldn't even have expected to have popped up. So there's an aversion to it, not just financial, but there's an aversion of its implementation. So usually until it's almost broke or it has to be broke, does uh, those things get updated. Now, with us going into August, which is our budget season for everybody in hospitality, August is the wonderful month we all get to sit down and rehash out and dust off all the things we thought we were going to do from last year and how well we hit them and what we have to adjust for for this year. So in that process, the discussion should be brought up what to do about updating these things. Now, in that conversation, Edward from FlipTube brought up that it's not necessarily just a technology update. It's just not the software. A lot of times it's about low-tech um, hacking, just poor operational guidelines. Uh, he called he it a training issue that the, the staff needs to become more aware of the ways that people can abuse the information that they so uh, generally use just from a glance of a room number or the last four digits of a credit card. Uh, one of our, our regular uh, participants who doesn't often get to be in the video presentation, but is in the, t- in the chat section of our live show, uh, David, pointed out that Ironically, Amazon doesn't keep the credit card security numbers the same way that Apple does. That literally, the four numbers that Amazon doesn't consider security, Apple does. So, there's even some inconsistencies of the platforms of usages. But uh, Edward made an even better point. He says if you ever want to see how bad it is, dump a handful of USB drives in the parking lot somewhere, and people will pick them up. And and this is the the part he wanted to make, and plug them into their laptop to see if it works. (laughs) that's all that a hacker needs is to have that, oh, it's a USB, plug it in. Now, as soon as they're plugged into the computer, boom, all of a sudden they have access to your computer if they know what they're doing. And then there's just other soft tech things, people that get curious. We talked about night auditors, just seeing whether or not they can diddle with this or get onto a a business computer and go into a social platform. And we talked about some of the tricks we played on each other in offices where somebody left their computer uh, unlocked and they were away from their desk that we would log into their social platforms that they had logged in and uh, post things or make them follow people that they don't know why they're following them. Um, it's just a demonstration to see how easy it is to hack. And, and uh, with Holly from uh, Signature Series, who was in the background today, she didn't join us for, uh, in the video portion of it, but she was in the chat room. Uh, we talked about why, or maybe in her process of teaching, better guest services through their program, they might actually consider adding an aspect of security to it where they teach uh, how simple it is and how easy it is for these hackers to gain access. Uh, Edward also mentioned that he's worked with a couple of organizations, as did Tim, that they do hackathons where they take friendly hackers Uh, and let them slowly show you how easy it is to break into your systems. At first, they do it quite easily, and then as you begin to improve your security protocols and your processes with your team and educate them, it gets progressively harder and harder for people to break into your system. So keep that in mind. I mean, it is hitting the news regularly. Omni last week, Kempton this week, that data programs do get hacked, and sometimes not by people in Russia, but sometimes just by somebody overhearing the right thing at the wrong time across your front desk, and that's what was necessary, or a password that was written and tucked under a keyboard, and uh, somebody else, that's somebody that shouldn't have noticed that and used it for the wrong purpose. So that was a little bit of the uh, the redo on uh, what our, our news coverage was today. Uh, now for techniques, uh, things to use, client, uh, whether it be case studies or what have you. Um, I had mentioned in last week's podcast about Autoplay, and I brought it up again uh, today, and, and I'd like to bring it up again in this podcast. Um, there are platforms out there that are very useful, um, and not to spend money um, for uh, what sometimes for advertisement. Obviously, advertisement well spent. If you're getting a 10 to 1 return, that money is well spent. If you're handing a dollar and getting a $10 bill back, how many dollar bills do you want to hand out? But there are things to do that you may not necessarily have to hand that first dollar out first, some things you, you need to do. And one of those is uh, much like we do with these shows is we take uh, video is the most interactive postings that can be done on social and on, on your own content. People visualize before they, they read. It's an easy way for absorption of data. Uh, so what I've done and have learned to do as little tricks with this is that there is an autoplay function on Facebook and there's an autoplay function on um, LinkedIn that when you put a video link into your post, um, if that first video link, or that link that you put in, creates a thumbnail, that's an autoplay. And what I mean by autoplay, and you've all seen this, is that in your, in your Facebook um, news feed, as you're rolling down, uh, you, if somebody's posted a video, it'll start animating, it'll start moving. It won't have any audio, but it'll start moving. And it'll catch your eye, and you might actually click to play it or something. And of course, if it rolls up, it auto-pauses. If you roll it back down, you'll see it replay again. Well, that autoplay function... Once you put the link in for the video in your posting for that autoplay function, like for instance, I do a promo video about uh, the live shows, I then remove it from the post, even though it remains as a thumbnail and as an autoplay. And then I put the link in of the show itself and have that as the place that people can click on so they can come join the show. So the post has this autoplay video of me talking about the show. But the link in the post is about going to the show to watch it, so they don't have to get confused about which link they're clicking. So it's a little twist of the operation, but it's a nice handy tool, and how do you adapt this for your hotels? Say for instance, you have a great promotion that you would like people to click on to book. Well, if you put just that link in, you're only going to get a static image thumbnail, and if they have enough interest, if you describe it well enough, they'll actually click on that static thumbnail to go to your link. To be better serviced would be if you did a quick, fun little promo, get somebody that has a great personality uh, that uh, can maybe either describe or stand or say something. And it doesn't have to be professional. It has to be genuine. And have them do a quick little things like, you're not going to believe this special. We need to have the beach. You get to this or this. You get to have the mountains, whatever. And have them just do a little quick snippet and have them actually refer to it and say, and the link for this booking is in the post above. Literally as if they were talking about it above their head. And you, you put that on YouTube or Wistia, uh, which is a great platform if you're not familiar with it, or Vimo, uh, if you have an account with them. And you put the video link in their post. It creates the thumbnail that will autoplay, then take it back out, but then put the link in for the booking of the package you were just talking about. That way, when somebody sees it in LinkedIn or they see it in Facebook, they see the video play. They play the video, hear it, and then in the post is the link that you want them to click to go to the booking engine for more details and to book, and and it's it's a call to action. So that's the technique we'd like to share again today. It was worth re-mentioning simply because it's a useful, free means of making sure that you say the right message when you're taking the time to do these postings and all. Um, One thing I will have to recommend also of our live show today, we had a wonderful question come out of a gentleman out of uh, Portugal um, about a hotel he had there. Um, that inspired this whole how not to spend money, but what to do about it. And um, really great answers from Tim, from Robert, both independent consultants in the hospitality space. Myself, I tried to throw in some intelligent comments as well. Um, and then also uh, some great insights uh, from Edward, not just because of the software the Flip2 handles and what it does, but also just from the, the they the need to understand that before you market yourself, you have to make sure your product is marketable, that you have to be giving good service and that you have to be having a good product because without those, marketing it only amplifies your your flaws. So he had great contribution as well. So I'd highly recommend going over and listening and watching our show other than this podcast uh, with much more details about the answers that were given about that and... Um, and uh, that is over on HospitalityDigitalMarketing.com forward slash Blabcasts. Uh, that episode is episode 51, uh, which air today on uh, the July 29th. And that is also, if you want to do as a shortcut, the bit.ly is bit.ly forward slash capital H-D-M, lowercase blab five one. So there you have it. Um, of course, you can listen to this podcast in its entirety along with the show notes from both shows uh, at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast. So anyway, remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, TalkShoe, SoundCloud, Stitcher. And no matter where, if you like the show, please rate us and leave a comment. That allows others to find us. Uh, also, if this is your first time hearing us, you can subscribe to our show at any one of those platforms. Uh, for an archive of all of our previous podcasts, again, you can go to hospitalitydigitalmarketingcom forward slash podcast. And don't forget our live talk show, our live video talk show, I should say, that you can join every Friday at 1030 Central. Uh, on this week in hospitality digital marketing on blab.im forward slash lauren gray all lowercase no space or simply go to hospitalitydigitalmarketingcom forward slash blabcast thank you for your time today we're at that 20 minute mark and we look forward to talking to you again next week on hospitality digital marketing thank you and have a great day
1: you have been listening to the hospitality digital marketing podcast with lauren gray Presented by the Digital Marketing Council of HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International. All views expressed are those of the host and his guests and do not reflect upon HSMAI or the sponsors of the podcast. Podcast and its content is protected by international copyrights. Any use not authorized by hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com is in violation.